welcome to our Sunday service. I, I want to begin this morning with a quote from Richard Rohr, who's an American Franciscan priest. He's a writer on spirituality and the founder of the Center for Action and Contemplation. He says, the true purpose of mature religion is to lead you to ever new experiences of your true self. If religion does not do this, he says, it's junk religion. He says every sacrament, every Bible story, every church service, every sermon, every hymn, every bit of priesthood, ministry, or liturgy is for one purpose, to allow you to experience your true self, who you are in God, and who God is in you, and to live a generous life from that infinite source. Now, there's a part of me that just wants to say, Valerie Joy, would you play a little music and we just go meditate on that? And have that be our focus. I'm sure I'm going to be reminding you of this throughout the year. It's essential for heart and soul because heart and soul at the level of its leadership, our board of trustees, our leadership circle, we call it the Ignite Circle. It's the, it's the leads and co-leads of all of our circles, and it is essential because our work, the board and the Ignite Circle, is to ignite spirit in heart and soul. We know it's there, so it's not like we're there to put the spirit there, or to put the law there, or to, none of that. We're not there to add a thing, in a sense. We are there to ignite it, honoring that it's already there. So we are already in our intentional work around what's next. When Heart and Soul was founded in 2009, well, we knew it absolutely came to us in the visioning process. And as we were putting together who we are, whose we are, and how we would language that, loving and compassionate world-class teaching and empowerment ministry. Now, for some, they'd be like, well, now, really, y'all? <laughs> really, y'all are the world-class at the day one? Before day one, in fact. Before y'all even doing it, you're world-class? I have to say yes. And in case you're confused, I'm just going to say summer school. And let you rock with that just a little bit. Now, in that moment, I had no idea, and I was frankly a little embarrassed that we would write before the thing even began a world class. But I know the power of visioning. I know the power of intentionally speaking one's word. I know the power of a grappling hook of, of, of sending my mind, my intention out beyond my current experience, certainly out beyond the past. I know the power in that. And so although I had my, my little egoic self was uncomfortable, you know, you kind of want to say it a little lower, loving and compassionate, world-class and teaching empowerment ministry, and then go on with the rest of the vision. Because you expect, like in, in elementary, well, junior high for sure, middle school, who do you think you are? 
I mean, that's a middle school question, isn't it? Who do you think you are? Well, I think we are the divine expression of the perfect expression of God, the perfect presence of the divine. When I really think about it, when I get my bloated nothingness, which really often shows up as my teeny tiny self. Y'all knew that, right? The bloated nothingness is not big. It's how we shrink into the less thanness of our self-expression. Who do you think you are? My suggestion, think of something good. Think of something how you want to be. Think of your heart's desire. You know, we are on this intentional adventure in faith where we have declared that this year is dedicated to moving forward together. That was important to us at the beginning of 2022 because we had been sheltered in place. We had not been engaged together in the ways that we're accustomed to. In 2009, we didn't know nothing but together. And if you were with us in 2009, you know we were together because we were in a little bitty, you know, kind of one-room schoolhouse almost. So together, oh, we was together. And then we continued building that, expanding it in our consciousness of this is the way we move forward together is together. Ah, but right now we have to think of some new ways. We have to open ourselves to what we don't know and could not possibly imagine cohesively because none of us have had the experience of a lifetime of being in spiritual community and not being face-to-face and not running up hugging everybody. And kumbaya circles springing up everywhere. Y'all know what I'm talking about. This is a different time. Dare I say monkeypox? This is a different time for humanity. And so if we intend to be in spiritual community, and I don't know about y'all, but I intend to be because it feeds my life. It transforms my being. It makes my life work in ways that it has not absent that engagement. We must engage around how are we going to do this? How are we going to be? Who are we going to be? Who am I going to be so that I can open to new ways that I've never done or been? See, that's a huge question because largely as humans, we want to do what we've been doing. We might want it in another color. And sometimes we don't even want another color. We just want a slightly different shade. Not even another color. But this is a whole new thing that we're talking about that is required of us. So look, this summer, we did a summer of shift. Well, it's still summer. So we are still acknowledging our summer of shift. And I'm inviting you in these last months of summer, get some. I don't know how fully you engaged, engaged in summer school, or if you did, it does not matter. This is simply an invitation from my heart to yours for you to make this summer your summer of shift. Now, you know, I love a good reveal, but 
I may as well just tell you now, fall's going to be the same. I love a good reveal. Sometimes I know I get on y'all's nerves because you like, just tell us. And I'm like, no, I want the whole process, but I'm going to reveal it right now. We're going to do the fall of shift too. I don't know for sure, but it's probably going to be the winner of shift. Because what's the point? Shift. Whatever the season is, it's about shifting. So in our summer of shift, our text was the four pivots. Reimagining justice, reimagining ourselves. So this is not if you're just engaged in justice work, but reveal. We all are. You the undercover or you doing it straight up. But it's about there's no way to be a part of heart and soul and not be engaged in reimagining and imagining justice. Because that's who we are. And in order to do that, we know we must reimagine ourselves because wouldn't that be a waste of time? To just sit around and reimagine the world different and not have us change. What does that mean? If you think about it, like, a ma- like we do it, we, like, similar to the way that we would unpack a math problem, would be to discern that if you simply reimagine justice in the world, on the planet, and you don't reimagine yourself, you ain't in that picture. Because the picture you're in is the picture that is formed out of your current consciousness. Our pictures are by right of consciousness. Our pictures meaning our life is in the way that they're unfolding. So whatever it is, no offense intended, truly, whatever it is, by right of consciousness. And frankly, for everybody who might, whose first reaction might be to kind of grit their teeth, I hate it when you say that. That's the best news you've heard all day. That's the best news you've heard all day. Let me tell you why. Because if your life is unfolding by right of consciousness, who has the power to shift it? See, there's some places you can go on a Sunday morning where nobody wants you to believe that you have the power to change your life. But that means you're going to have to wait for somebody else to change it. And to what? Let me not even entertain none of that. Let me just go with what I know and believe to be absolutely true on my planet, on my personal planet, in my world is that it is good news, the best news I heard. There is a power for good in the universe, and you can use it. That was almost a moment of, what you talking about? What you talking about? Because so much of the teaching that I had received did not give me access to power. Politically, the world, I'm a child of the 50s. There was no signal in the universe, in the world, in my school that supported an awareness that I had power. I had a little dominion. Tried to exercise a little power, but nobody, nothing reinforced a sense of that there was a power for good in the universe and that Andriette could wear it out. Nobody had ever told me that. 
until there was a moment when I came to this teaching. <coughs> I leaned forward. Like what? And I can use it. They didn't say, and you're going to have to take a class. You're going to have to get a certificate. You're going to have to be baptized. You're got, there was nothing. It was simply there's a power and I can use it. That I had direct talk about leaning in. What? Because I was reimagining my life. My life, an empowered life. A life not at the effect of what? Change your thinking, change your life. You better get in on this. Because life is going to change. We know that. That's going to be a real thing. Oh, but listen in. If you change your thinking, there's intentionality in this. You're changing your thinking works with the changing of your life. In Romans 12 and 2, what? Do not imitate the world. Don't just go along to get along. Don't just ride it out. Instead, be transformed by the renovation, the renewing of your mind. There's a power for good in the universe, and you can use it. You probably going to have to renovate your mind, renew your mind in order to embrace that. I'm just trying to keep this real, y'all, because that's a huge concept. And your mind may not be able to contain it in its current configuration. I'm trying to say something. I'm being as nice as I can about this. You go, I love you as you are. Show enough. My heart to yours. I love you just as you are. And you're going to have to change. Or die. Frankly, both. In the final analysis, it's both. But before death, if you intend to be in the flow of divine life and the optimum unfolding in your life, change your thinking. Be willing to change your mind. Be willing to pivot. Dr. Sean Jenright said to us, we need a fundamental shift in our values. We need to pivot. But what is a pivot but a change? It's a, it's a small change. It's the way to begin because what, what's the question that all teachers get? All teachers of philosophy. How? It's a small change. How do you eat an elephant? Well, my sense is you don't, but if you were going to try, you know what I mean. You'd ease up on it. You wouldn't just chop a piece. You know what I mean. You, it'd be like, uh, I'm just going to, just a little tiny piece. It's, likewise, this shift that we are imagining, remember we're reimagining ourselves. So our change, we're going to begin with the change we can actually make and sustain. Why? Because we have to change how we be. Because how, just changing how you do We've already tried that, right? We know that rubber band experience where you just, you don't change how you be at all. You just go change what you do. You know that don't last. I almost want to pass a mic around (laughs) and let us tell our episodes and experiences about how we know that doesn't work. Where I don't change nothing but what I do. 
this afternoon. That's what happens with, uh, what do we call them, New Year's resolutions. We just go change what we do. We got a whole list of what we go. We go do it different. The problem is we haven't changed who we be, how we be. And so none of that can last. Does that make sense? So in this idea of changing how we be, I think Emmett Fox addresses this. Now, you know, I, I mix it up some. Folks say what they say, and then I use some of that and adapt it and blend it with what I believe. So, so I, am, I am offering you some Emmett Fox this morning. Um, to, I'm weaving Emmett Fox into what this message about change. He says, change is the law of the universe. Without change, the world would not merely remain, I'm sorry, without change, the world would not merely remain in a static state, but it would soon become stale and stagnant. I've talked to you about eddies. That's the water that's not in the flow. It gets stagnant and stale, yes? So without change, because there's no shift in it at all, without change, he says there would be no progress, for change is the very essence of every betterment. Y'all heart and soul is changing. Now for some, I know, your hair's on fire right away. <laughs> you don't even know how it's changing or when and in what ways and the degree to which it's just change on some level. But yes, we have to or there'll be no heart and soul. You must change or there'll be no you. It is quite obvious, he says, that to do anything in a new and better way for any improved outcome, there must be a change. And we all desire an improved outcome, don't we? Well, you know what? I'm just, even, if you, even at home, if you just rolled over in bed and hit the remote and are watching, my sense is you want something different. Not about how you view heart and soul. What what tends to attract folks to a spiritual community like this, even virtually, is an intention to have life be different. So you can hang out in the cut if you want, but I recognize in you a desire to have life be different. A betterment, if you will. The difference that we're looking for is we want it a little better. A little more health and well-being. I wouldn't be mad with a little more prosperity. A little more ease and joy in relationships. We're talking about the betterment in the entire circle graph of life. You know, family, relationships, money, health and well-being, all the stuff, work, play, all of that. To a person we have an idea of how it could be a little better. Not that we're mad with how it is. We have a picture. We are reimagining how it could be even better. Emmett Fox says change is the law of growth. And growth is the law of life. You see, without change, there'll be no growth. Growth is change. So for all of our eyes twitching when somebody says it's got to change, our work would be to get comfortable 
with the idea of change. Embrace it so that our heart and mind is open to this opportunity so that what we can welcome every change that comes into any phase of your life. Ooh. Ooh. Any change, Rev? You don't know the change, obviously. You don't know the change in my life or you wouldn't say that. I don't have to know. Because here's what I've been saying. And this is an Emmett Fox. I see the angel of God in every change. Okay, now let's go in back of that. I don't always see the angel of God in every change. But I say I do. I say I do. And that begins to help me see it. Before I start saying that, I didn't see none of that. I could name and number what I saw. And it was not the angel of God. The shift is that now I say it. And I'm beginning to imagine that I see it. Ah! The angel of God and some stuff that I thought I would have to remove my earrings first. Some of y'all understand what I'm saying. <laughs> some of y'all understand. And instead, if you don't know, I wasn't talking to you. And instead, a commitment to seeing the angel of God in every change. Now, I require more naps than before I start doing this. Because I didn't know how resistant I had been. And this shift has been kind of wearing me out a little bit. See, I'm not here to pretend like every shift is just a skip to Malou moment. No, I didn't. Worn out working through my resistance. I'm just telling you the truth. Look, I have a set of cards from A Course in Love, and the one I pulled this morning says, all power to affect change comes from acceptance. Not acceptance of the way things are, but ac acceptance of who you are in the present. So what I know about who I am, who we are in the present, is that we are the mental, emotional, and spiritual equivalent of our experiences. It's our way of saying, let there be. Let there be peace. Let there be love. Let there be joy. My brother, Reverend Andy, <clears throat> who is our musical inspiration today, is sharing with us some new songs that he's written. And we're going to, before we're out of this, we're going to tell you how you can pre-order. But this song is dear to my heart. Why? Because I wear a ring and half for over, I can't even tell you, 
how long, but I've read it to you before. Nothing is impossible is what this ring says. And when I first got it, I would literally finger it in moments because I had to remind myself I was always, I wasn't even aware how frequently I was thinking that ain't going to work. That ain't going to happen. They ain't not going to let you. All the stuff. But I'd start in the midst of that. I would finger the ring, and it would just remind me that nothing is impossible. Oh, look at here. Prayer works. So this prayerfulness around nothing is impossible. See, we're, there's an attitude of prayer. So we come to prayer with an attitude of open and available that says nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. Prayer works. And you know what else? Prayer changes things. And what it changes is you. That's what it changes. I don't even have time. I don't have time. But look, we have a class that's coming up that is about prayer, about treatment. It's about empowering your prayer to transform your life. And that begins in about a month. So it begins on September 24th for eight Saturdays through November 19th, and that's because one of those Saturdays, there's no meeting. It's Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, just two hours out of your Saturday morning. Get thee to this class so that you can have the benefit of empowering your prayer and transforming your life. Be about what works. Just saying. Um, The idea here in both the class and in life, as Emmett Fox says, is to train yourself to rise above the hurrying tide of error. And he says, I love this, error is always hurried. To sweep you off your feet is its master strategy. He says, in turning your back on conditions, however bad they may seem, Be still and know that I am God. That that's our work. See, I don't know what it requires of each of us, you know, individually in order to get, because often we have to climb over all manner of struggle, all manner of past beliefs our sense of what has happened and what it means. Does that make sense? Because truly something happened. But the question is, what do you think happened? Because even though we all may have been there, I swear to you, we don't all think the same thing happened. And even if we somehow manage to come up with that the same thing, okay, we, can, we got some consensus that mm, that's the thing that happened after we reread it, reword it, uh, hundred times. We can get a bit of a consensus, but how it happened? We all on different pages around what, how it happened and the details of it. Does that make sense? So this idea of practicing being still and knowing, seeing the angel 
of God in every change. That'll keep you busy. That'll keep you busy right there. With all of our machinations around our view of what's going on. So look, this, this idea, this, this notion of, of defaulting to be still and know. And calling in, I see the angel of God in every change. It's a pivot. Come on now. It's a pivot. And that's what our summer of change, our fall, our winter, our life, is about what's the, what's the pivot at least the small change that takes us from the single point of where we are right now. Because Dr. Sean says that through one small change in direction over time, you know, it's, a, it's that drop of water. It's that there, there's so many analogies that, that we, we can offer here. It's this, this idea of, of dipping the, the white cloth into the indigo dye. You know, that first dip doesn't get you indigo. Oh, but if you keep dipping, if you keep it up, it begins to saturate. And I love that as an idea, as a visual, because saturation is what we want. We want the saturation of the idea that I see the angel of God in every change. Because I don't naturally see the angel of God, period. You, you understand what I'm saying on some level? That's not, that's, I know y'all are different. I need help. Y'all are different. You're more advanced and you're deeper in the thing. Your, your heart is clean. You got all the stuff going for you. I, on the other hand, need prayer. And so I am working to saturate my consciousness so that I can see the angel of God in every change rather than what I'm more likely to see. This notion that we are moving forward together presupposes there's someplace we're going. So the idea is we are willing to pivot. We are willing to change. We're willing to do whatever is required so that we can get to where we want to be. And when we arrive there, we will be who and how we intend to be. More loving, more peaceful, ooh, more joyful. Anybody interested in more joy? Yes, yes. That's, it's how we wish to be, to, to be more aware of oh, so many things. The, well, y'all have, you know, the four pivots delivers to us this idea of awareness. That's pivot number one. The idea, as you know, is moving from all of this view, this external view, 
being our most important focus to also using the mirror so that we see how I be in this. What's my part? Ooh, you can feel it, can't you? Because largely we kind of, we often skip that. We're just about seeing who did what and not even remembering that we invited who did what. Mm. Pivot two is about connection. It's about moving from transactional, this for that and that for this, and to transformational. It's going to require... It's going to require that we see the angel of God in every change. That's, that's part of the transformational I'm offering. There, let me be clear. There are other ways to get there. If you were sitting somewhere else in a different sanctuary on this Sunday, you'd hear another essential message. This is not the only message. It just so happens that you are tuned in to this one right now. I'm going to invite you to make the most of it. Don't have this be an event. You know, I was there. I saw it. I heard it. Don't have it just be that. Allow, that would be transactional. Allow it to be transformational. Do something with it. Get into it. Pivot three is about vision. It's about what Andy sang about, what he wrote about. Nothing is impossible. It's about seeing in the challenge a greater possibility. Dr. Sean Jinwright says, moving from problem loving, you know, kind of being obsessed about the problem, moving into an expanded awareness of the infinite possibilities. Because what? Nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. That's vision three. I'm sorry, that's pivot three, which is vision. Pivot four is presence. Oh, now I got us right where we, I want us. Because presence, by definition, can mean being there. You know? I'm presence. It's that. Now, no, I don't even want to go there. But it's also the divine presence. It's, it's, this, it's this action of practicing the presence, of reforming my sense of who I am. So I, I must move out of the frenetic pace, the hustle, into the divine flow where I can more fully sense and engage the presence, divine presence. I hope that makes sense, but we don't, we don't have to rush on this. We're going to be talking about this because this is the jam right here. And so we're going to, we're going to be there. I got to leave you with Revelation 21. In that first verse, you know, it so resonates with me where it is written, and I saw new heavens and a new earth. For the former heavens and earth had departed 
and the sea was no more. So here's, here's what I want you to hear this morning, is I saw new heavens and new earth. They were there all along. I just am seeing them now. This is the shift. This is the change. Can you be with me with this? So I saw new heavens and new earth. It doesn't say new heavens and new earths appeared. It says I saw them. And it could almost say I finally, I finally saw new heaven and new earth. And the past was not blocking my view. This notion of the former had departed. I'm no longer blocked by the old stuff that I used to entertain. And the confusion is no more. Oh, this is inviting us to, and I'm skipping now to Revelation 21 and 5. And behold, I make all things new. <laughs> so we have no excuse. <laughs> behold, I make all things new. All this you're working with, new So, yeah, Reverend Andriette, you can now see the angel of God in every change. Your nail marks and your heel marks no longer have to be in every change scene. <laughs> which, you, which means me hanging on, trying not to have that change. This is the call for Heart and Soul Center of Light for 2020, for the 2022-2023 season is to see the angel of God in every change. And I don't want to spoil the, I don't, what they call it, spoiler alert? There you go, spoiler alert. There's going to be a lot of change. You want to know how I know? Because we're alive. Those of us who live through this 2022-2023 season, yes, yeah, 2023 season, if we live to the end of 2023, we will be able to testify there's lots of change. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. I am just so excited about our dear brother, Reverend Andy Anderson, and his music, uh, you know, which is his ministry. Um, so what he says, I'm just going to reiterate or reinforce what Ron just shared is that the actual CD should be available in about two weeks. But look, because we are committed to supporting independent artists, we're going to do advanced sales. So he expects that he will have a proper link up and you'll see the, the album cover, if you will, there so you'll know you're in the right spot. Um, and that would be at Andy janderson.com so you see it on the screen so in a couple of days give him a minute to get the link up for us but I'm encouraging us to give him some advance sales you know what I mean that that makes a difference to an artist to know that this thing whatever you've invested you can already see it even before you're doing it and that just that just grows on itself so I'm going to ask you to do that, please. And um, we'll remind you, remind 
next Sunday, we're going to remind folks, okay? Because I know this may not be uppermost in your mind, but I'm going to want you to have it there. AndyJAnderson.com. Yes, AndyJAnderson.com is where you'll go to get Nothing is Impossible. Right now, if you go, it says Coming Soon. And soon should be in a couple of days when you'll have the link so that you can do the, the pre-sale opportunity. And then in a couple of weeks, he'll have the actual CD, I'm sure, right there, put in an envelope or whatever the mailing thing is to you. Yes? yes. Good. Good thing. So we, have, um, we still have some of the special edition T-shirts from our Summer of Shift. And somehow, in my mind... I'm thinking we want to memorialize this so that we can be reminded of this summer and our, our summer of shift and the pivots and the change and because our lives will be changing. And, you know, if you don't mark this, you'll be acting like you always that way you're getting ready to be. <laughs> and you're not. We're all beginning to shift and this will be a reminder of what we did and how we did it. The class that's coming up, this notion of empowering your prayer, transform your life is powerful. So I just want to reiterate that the class is available and suggest that you get in on it. The early bird price is $195 through September 5th. So I encourage you to do that. And just as... You know, it's the circle of life. Let me just say that. There's the circle of life, and that's real. And there are folks coming on, and there are folks going off. And there are those of us in the middle who are living it as large and as loud as we possibly can to the best of our ability. But our beloved brother, Kashka, made his transition two weeks ago today, and his service will be on Thursday. Uh, September 1st, and it will be held at Market Street Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is right at 34th and Market here in West Oakland. And uh, the repast will be at 1 p.m. at East Bay Church of Religious Science. And so if this can possibly work with your schedule, we'd love to have you be in the room with us in support of um, our dear beloved brother, I'm understanding that it will also be live streamed. And so uh, as soon as we get that information, we will post it as well. So I'm going to ask that you join me in prayer. And today, <clears throat> I have... Um, kind of stirred together two prayers, one written by Dr. Emmett Fox in 1931 and one by Dr. Joseph Murphy, written in 1951. And so as I had occasion to read these and make my notes, I decided that it would, might well be beneficial for us, beneficial for me and maybe for us, if I were to put these two prayers together. <clears throat> Father, 
And so I invite you to just allow your eyelids to close, which is an opportunity to focus your divine intention within. Within where all the action truly is, where cause is. It's an inside job. There is one life. And from the inside, we know this. There is one life. It's whole, it's perfect, it's complete. It's the life of God, the living one, the strong one, known by many names and many, many works. It's all one. And I am one in the divine. My life is the life of the living one, the strong one. I am breathing the breath of the living one, breathing the breath of the strong one, and the living one, the strong one, is breathing me. And this is true for all of us, that all of us are living the life of the living one, the strong one, and breathing the breath of of the living one, the strong one, even as the living one, the strong one, is breathing us, is living us. That there is this dynamic oneness that is constant, regardless of appearances. We are living and being lived. We are breathing and being breathed. Today, I am reborn spiritually. I completely detach myself from all ways of thinking and bring divine love, light, and truth definitely into my experience. God is fully present. <clears throat> God is fully present here with me, in me, as me now. God is the only real presence. God is perfect good, and God is the cause only of perfect good. The same fountain cannot send forth both sweet and bitter water. I am divine spirit. I am a child of God. In God I live, move, and have my being. So I do not fear. I am surrounded by the presence of God and all is well. I am not afraid of the past. I am not afraid of the present. I am not afraid of the future for God, the living one, the strong one is with me. The eternal God is my dwelling place and underneath are the everlasting arms. Nothing can touch me but the direct action of God, the living one, the strong one himself. And God is love. I am reborn spiritually now because all day long I practice the presence of God. 
No matter what I'm doing, whether I am walking, shopping, or about my daily business, whenever my thought wanders away from God or good, I bring it back to the contemplation of his holy presence. I feel noble, dignified, and godlike. Sensing my oneness with God, I walk in joy, and his peace fills my soul. His peace fills my soul. For this I am grateful. Oh, it is an absolute perfect gratitude for this word, for this compilation by Dr. Emmett Fox and Dr. Joseph Murphy. I give thanks for the power of this word, for the truth embedded within this word. From the core of my being, I give thanks in divine gratitude and appreciation for this word and all that it yields because I know that it's not possible for it to return to me void. I know that it absolutely must produce in like kind. This word goes on before me to perform its good, to call forth the divine form of this perfect idea. It is an absolute perfect gratitude that I just release this word into the perfect activity of law, that I accept it as so now and forevermore, sealing it for all time by simply saying, Ashe, Amen, and so it is. Love matters. Take me to the place.